My name is Ian Campbell McKenna, and in this Procurement in 5 Minutes, I promise to tackle some of the biggest challenges and also answer the questions that our profession and our industry face on a day-to-day basis. Welcome back everybody to another Procurement in 5 Minutes and today we're having an extended version and I welcome the CEO and President of SIG Organisation and SIG University, Don Tura. Now, before I introduce my guest, we've all heard of the term DEI and in procurement it's gained significant attention recently and, and that's leading to its importance. However, It's not a new trend, but rather a reflection of the significant changes that have taken place in procurement and its landscape. Now, over Don's illustrious career at Sourcing Industry Group, or as we all know it, SIG, she's provided uh, thought leadership, training and networking opportunities to executives in sourcing, procurement, outsourcing, shared services, and risk for Fortune 500 and 100 companies, global 100 companies. Now, Dawn is recognized as one of the leading thought leaders in procurement, which means she's an ideal professional to answer the question, how do we win the war on diversity and inclusion? Dawn, it is awesome to have you on the show today. I've seen you on LinkedIn so many times, but I've never had the pleasure of meeting you. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. No, I'm excited you invited me. So thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Now, obviously, a topic that's very close to your heart that I do hear you talking about quite a lot is DEI, you know, diversity and inclusion. 7.6% of people with disabilities in the US are unemployed across all ages. People with disabilities are less likely to be employed than people without. And if you look at it from a diversity side, from a female perspective, only 10.6% of Fortune 500 companies our CEOs are women. So, you know, how do you feel about that? And how do you think that's impacting procurement? I think it it impacts us hugely. You know, there's a statistic out that the rate that we're trying to get equality for men and women in the workplace, that the United States is about 126 years out from getting to that point of equality. So I participate with Coalition for Gender Fair Procurement, where you try and do business with companies that are gender fair and they have to go through a certification to be gender fair, there is a horrible lack of companies that really care about it. Now, I'm very optimistic, though, with more women going into university these days than men, at least here in the United States, the numbers have switched where more women are enrolling than men. Maybe, at least within my children's lifetime, that gender equality will actually come to fruition and it won't take 125, 126 years as they predict right now. But I think it's absolutely horrible to not have a good blend and, and then not just men and women, but I also believe, you know, it's a combination of, do you have people of color? Do you have people with different backgrounds? Do you have trans? Do you accept LGBT? If that is, I mean, that is what makes up the world and it makes your procurement organization so much more rich to come at it from all different groups of thinking, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, if they vary, that helps as well. So it's the richness that it brings to procurement, the richness richness of thought, the opportunity to see outside the box from very from various angles. I think that's huge in our industry. I think it's necessary and I think it's huge. 
I totally agree with you. I was reading a really interesting report. Um, I've got it here, um, and it's HR Trends for 2023 by McLean and Company. And looking at HR's priorities for their DEI strategies, so from 2021, when they were recruiting people, diversity and inclusion was at fourth place. Then fast forward to 2022, and it dropped to fifth. And now, in 2023... DEI has has dropped dramatically to sixth place. Now, a lot of the data shows that it's shifted because recruiting's been a priority, but they don't have the support and infrastructure to get people on board, and they don't have the support mechanism to train people to how do we have a better DEI policy. What's even more interesting is we look at other uh, minorities like neurodiversity, And 70% of HR professionals don't factor neurodivergent people into their processes. Only 17% of HR professionals actually had the experience in the strategy. And a very small percentage actually had the awareness and the flexibility in their structure. So I think we have this process in place that's clearly not working and we need to change it. And I do think that's got a significant impact on procurement. How do you feel about that? You're absolutely right. You know, the whole ESG subject, you know, so if we take environmental, social and governance has gotten so much pushback of late. And so right in the middle of that is, is diversity, supplier diversity and diversity, equity, inclusion is all within that ESG. So an interesting article I just read that McDonald's, and I, I hope I'm getting this right, actually took down their ESG portion on their website because of so much backlash on on how that wasn't good for the world. There's a lot of conservative folks out there who don't be- want to believe in ESG because they don't want to believe in the environmental side of it. They don't want to believe in the social side of it. I don't know how they feel about governance, but to have a major corporation take a step backward, backward and the entire ESG, which included the diversity aspect of it, I think is just horrific. It's a Fortune 500 company that took a huge step backward. So I think there's pressure that it's not as good for shareholders in some people's mind, although it's been proven that's not proven true. But a lot of people just don't want to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion right now. At least in the United States, I will say there is a huge conservative back, you know, backlash around the woke companies, if you will, so I think we just have to continue to be vocal. And we have a number of sessions on it at our upcoming summit. We have a, a SIG University professor who's going to come in and do a special workshop on it. It's something that we have to keep front and center. And then to be honest with you, Ian, you know, there's a whole generation of CPOs that are getting ready to retire, the baby boomers. And so maybe it's the next generation of leadership that's going to embrace it more within the workplace that's my personal hope that that is, you know, that's on the horizon and maybe the baby boomers, it's time to uh, try it out of the system and bring in more, you know, forward thinking. On the other hand, let me, don't, don't get me wrong. There are some baby boomers who are incredibly forward thinking, but I do think it's a generational thing as well to be more accepting of the DEI. Do you think people are scared of the change? Do you think they're scared of the unknown? Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. And that's where I think it is a little bit more generational. You know, we didn't, you know, I I don't think the baby boomer generation were as accepting of autism as the younger generations. It was, it was sort of, 
hidden away. You didn't talk about it. You didn't demonstrate it. So I think it's really, I do think it's education. I think it's um, perception, which is not reality. Um, But I do think the more we talk about it and we get the subject out there like this, I think it'll open people's minds. And the more you hear it, maybe you'll start to say, well, maybe there is something to it. I keep hearing it around the corner. Everybody's talking about it. So maybe there's something there, there, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. So tell me, obviously, um, we've got a conference coming up, right? Which, um, just to say, I'm super excited about. How are we addressing or how are you addressing sort of neurodiversity? And are you doing workshops? Or, you know, I'm sure people out there would love to hear about it. Yeah, we have a diversity workshop on Monday. So it's up against opposite of the CPO Executive Roundtable. So for all the attendees that don't qualify for that, there will be a diversity workshop that day for two hours on Monday. And then we have it scattered throughout the agenda. Now, we did have the former CPO of Walgreens one year as a keynote, whose son was on the spectrum, and he was passionate about the subject. And he got all of Walgreens, which is a U.S.-based pharmaceutical company, to embrace it at a company level. So we occasionally have brought in some keynotes that have spoken on the subject. I don't think it's on the keynote session, but I do know we have a workshop, and then we'll have some breakouts that we'll talk about it as well. Well, look, it's small steps, right? And I think you've done an outstanding job of letting people embrace it, be aware of it, what to do, um, how do they um, approach uh, diversity in the workplace. And I think giving people the education and the tools to be able to implement it into their businesses is the first step, right, is education. And I think that's what you are doing an outstanding job of is we're educating people and hopefully they'll start to educate other people. And I'm obviously I'm sure at a later date you'll, uh, you know, that's something you'll address, but at least you're, you're setting the ground, you're setting that foundation for businesses to acknowledge, to be aware, and then to take the critical steps to implement that into the businesses. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah, we, I mean, we're trying. You know, I do feel it's, it is our responsibility, in my mind, to make CPOs slightly uncomfortable by making them face what they need to be looking at in the future, uh, either now or in the future. So we, you know, we brought RPA, you know, robotic process automation, and did it did live RPA at one of our summits, 24 hours a day, and did some programming with Honda to show them, you know, what RPA could do. We do the same thing with with um, AI and do huge workshops where they can see it live on the screen to realize it's here. It's not something 10 years out. It's here. It's now. And the same thing with DEI and ESG. We have to push that envelope and it might make you a little uncomfortable as an attendee to say, I have so much on my plate. Don't give me something else I have to consider. But I do think it's our responsibility to, to keep pushing these subjects until people say, all right, all right, I'm going to take this on. I'm going to you know, make it part of my mantra within my organization. So I do think it's our responsibility. And I don't, the last thing I want to do is pretend that the good old days are here to stay. Um, we have to change. We have to evolve. And if you're not evolving, then you should not be in this industry because the world is changing so rapidly and we need to change with it. And we need, you know, with just having gone through so many Black Swan events since the beginning of the pandemic, through all the, the climate related issues we've had, weather related issues from, you know, then the pandemic, then we have, you know, cargo ships that get stuck in canals and we have Mississippi River drying up and barges stuck and one thing after another, after another, supply chain has been totally disrupted. 
And so if we're not thinking about all the possibilities in the future, we're going to outdate ourselves and we're not going to be helping our organization. So I think it's our job just to keep pushing this forward. So I would just like to thank you so much, Don, for uh, eventually getting you on the podcast. Um, now tell us, what are the dates of SIG? Okay, so the dates you want to be in Scottsdale, Arizona. You want to arrive on the 15th of October. So come in on Sunday, stay through Wednesday, stay through Wednesday night, leave Thursday morning, and you're going to go back with a whole new perspective on all the things that you could take back to the workplace. So it's it's just a great environment. So I hope you have a great time when you're with us. Well, thank you so much, Don. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you, and it's been so nice getting to know you. I can't wait to see you in person. Great insights from another one of our thought leaders. Be sure to share the link far and wide. And of course, I look forward to our next five minutes together. Bye for now and have a great and a productive day.